Welcome y bienvenidos to About Consent, the podcast that sparks conversations about creating consent culture, boundary repair, sexual empowerment, orgasm equality, and raising a new sexually conscious and consent-empowered generation. This is a safe, shame-free, judgment-free zone where both survivors and those who support survivors are welcome. I'm your host, Rosalia Rivera. Okay, I'm so excited for today's interview because I have two amazing humans who are on this amazing mission uh, to really help clear some misinformation about how trafficking happens and what happens to survivors, um, you know, who come out of that life and, and really just to expose uh, some of the truths around this issue and how we can really help what we can do, how we can take action. And anyone who knows me knows that I am an action taker. I'm all about like learning information, but then implementing some kind of action to make a change. And so that's why I'm so excited um, to be joined by two amazing humans, um, Sadvi Sidali Shri and Sadvi Anibutu, Anibuti. <laughs> I always want to make sure I get your names right. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Thank you for inviting us, Rosalia. We're so grateful. Thanks for being here. So, I, I mean, your story, I think it's just so inspiring. Um, you know, I was looking at your sort of timeline, you know, how you stepped into this work. And it seems to have uh, really kind of started in 2013 when you had uh, this, you made this, this pledge, you took a vow really to start living a life of nonviolence and really stepped into a, a different life, right? Into something that uh, became really your calling. Uh, two years later, you decided to do something about uh, child trafficking, human trafficking, really, um, sex trafficking, and, and really help shed light on an issue that is causing a lot of pain and a lot of violence. Um, and so using you know, your, your life's purpose to really make a change. And then you started producing uh, your first film, which is an award-winning film, um, Stopping Traffic. And I wanted to start with that moment where you, know, you sort of had this epiphany that you needed to do something about this. Can you share what that was? What was it that was the catalyst that just made you decide we're gonna, we have to be vocal and, and share you know, about this issue and let's do it through a movie? How did that start? For sure, thank you, Rosalia. Um, well, what's great about the, the vow Sadvi Anubuti and I created in 2013, it was just putting it out there to the universe that we wanted to do something because we had gone through something ourselves in our childhood uh, but we didn't know exactly what that would be or how that would look like or come about. But then there's that moment where it's like, okay, it's time. Okay, now what are we going to do? And how can we be really creative about it? So, um, you know, just talking back and forth and we had the idea like, well, let's make a film because we want to educate people about it. So the whole idea behind our vow was to break the taboo, break the stigma, because it's it's too often that we just keep our voices small. So we're just like, well, let's just go for it. Let's put a film out there and figure it out and make it happen. Yeah, and, and it's fascinating because like you didn't have any experience. It's not like you came from the film industry or, you know, were connected. So you really just, you know, 
figured this out and decided how, you know, let's figure out how to create this and make this happen. Um, just to rewind for a minute, though, you know, you, you mentioned that you have your own trauma. And just for anyone listening, I just want to acknowledge that you are both survivors of child sexual abuse. And, you know, and again, that this was one of the things that really helped you to connect to this issue and realize, you know, other people are experiencing this, children are experiencing this violence. And, you know, how can we do something? And then that's, I guess, what what created this idea for really a medium that can reach millions. And I know that your film has now reached millions. And you also have gotten some really amazing people partnering with you to make this film happen. Can you share about how that all kind of came about and how you were able to bring those really big names in? Because I think that's fantastic to um, have that kind of support and to know that they also care about this issue. Like there's really um, amazing partners that you have on board. Can you talk a little bit about that, you know, journey to, you know, figuring it out, first of all, and like, you know, Google, whether it was Googling or like, you know, talking to the right people and getting, you know, together with the right people. How did that happen? Well, we had um, the discussion, like who we wanted to bring on board, because the whole idea behind the first film was to bring in activists, experts, um, and really shine a light on the people behind the movement that are fighting against trafficking. So uh, we turned to Google and researched who are the celebrities, who are the experts um, that are out there on the front lines using their voice, their platform. And, you know, the, the list came about and we started seeing like different celebrities. And, um, you know, we reached out to their publicists and it's not easy. You, you get rejected a lot. And I'd say about... 95 to 99% of the time you get rejected, but we still, you know, hung on to our heart's desire, like we will figure it out, we will push through and, um, you know, in the email pitch, it's, you have to be transparent, like, why are you really doing this? And eventually it reaches different celebrities and they're like, okay, well, we believe in you and we mm. want to support you. So um, Dolph Lundgren joined the project, Jeannie Mai, she uh, came on board and then she saw the film and she's like, I really want to be involved. And she came on board as executive producer and also Kristen Renton uh, with the first film. So, um, but I remember always going back to Sabiana Buti and she's like, oh my goodness, like, look who's saying yes. And, and, you know, we would just, get really excited just to see that kind of support with us. Yeah, it is. It is powerful when you can, you know, see that it resonated with someone and there are people out there who care, um, who have big platforms that can help. So I think that's fantastic. And, you know, kudos to all the, the people who jumped on board with it. Um, one of the things that I also thought was really interesting was the the people that were part of the film that were sharing their stories and their experiences, you know, some of them were just so gut-wrenching um, to hear about. But I think it's so important, you know, and, and I would say, you know, with any film, any content that has to do with abuse, there is going to always be a trigger warning, you know, just for anyone who's listening who's a survivor, um, you know, always make sure that you are, you know, caring for your mental wellness. But I do encourage people to watch this because I think when we are in a silo, when we don't share our stories, right, and we don't know about other people's stories, we may think that it only happens to some people or it can only happen in this way or it only happened to me. And then we hear about other stories and, you know, some of the experts that you had on there or even just survivors, right, who were sharing their stories, who have now taken that experience 
and decided I'm going to help prevent this, right? I don't want anyone else to go through this anymore. Some of their stories can be so gut-wrenching, but I think are so necessary to hear because it can fuel like so much action from that. And I, I think that's one of the things that was so powerful about your film is there's one gentleman in particular talking about his experiences and, and the things he's also witnessed, right? Like once he started doing this work to be able to witness, um, you know, just the, the violence. And when you're on the other side of the camera as someone who's nonviolent, um, you know, how was that for you in terms of being a survivor and being able to, you know, doing this work? Because I think a lot of people want to do this kind of work, but they're afraid of what that's going to like, what that experience is going to be like. How do you care for your mental health and, and personal wellness as you continue to do this work? Because now you're in your into your second film. And I can imagine you're you're here again, you know, hearing the stories and taking that in to be able to make change. But what are you doing as someone who has had your own trauma to be able to continue doing this work sustainably? Well, I think that is part of your own healing process. So it's not easy to hear the stories of survivors, but at the same time, when you hear their story and you compare it to your own story, it makes you feel like what happened to you, it's actually maybe not as bad as what they actually go through. And so it begins to heal you. It begins to uh, give you a platform, an opportunity to connect with those people that have suffered even more than you. And, and you begin to really connect to their own pain. So once you feel their pain and you connect it to your own, there is no way that you cannot help them and do something for them. So um, when you go through this process of filmmaking and interviewing all the survivors that you interview, um, it just keeps pushing you to wanna share their stories even more because as it's healing for you, it's going to be healing for all the people that have gone through trauma. And, and you begin to realize that, you know, this is happening so, so much more than what we actually think is happening. Mm -hmm. And every time we go out there and do a screening, you know, people come to us and say, you know, this happened to me. Um, I was a, a a, a victim of trafficking. I was a victim of child sexual abuse. And, and it gives them that opportunity to release some of those uh, emotions or some of the pain. So it's not easy, but of course, you know, coming back to our own spirituality and, and our practices, you know, we come back to us trying to reground, trying to meditate, trying to do a lot of spiritual work to uh, mm -hmm. keep our energy going and lifting ourselves up and, you know, trying to keep helping people. So it's very, very important to keep grounding yourself, working on yourself to continue doing this kind of work. Yeah. And it seems like you have that support, right? You're, it, you are really part of something bigger and that, you know, you have that support with you. So if for anyone who's listening, who wants to do any kind of advocacy, I think it's important to have a support system and some kind of community to help you do that. Um, one of the other questions I wanted to ask you is that as you, um, you know, started working on this film, did you have a specific vision for what, it, what you wanted it to be? And then did it evolve to something else? And, and before you even answer that, um, for those who haven't seen the film yet, and you know, I, I did a, a very brief introduction of what it's about, but can you share what you know what someone would essentially be watching? What, why should they you know check this out? Like, what is your film about? From your own words. So, um, 
to say that we had a, a vision of exactly what we wanted to do would be a lie. We really started this project with a big heart and just, you know, the passion to want to create awareness, raise awareness, share this message with whoever could watch the film. And uh, we just went out there and we started interviewing advocates, activists, uh, survivors, uh, ex-traffickers, and just to kind of, you know, get the content. and. From there, you know, from all the interviews, I think we did about 70 interviews for the first film. And out of the 70, we ended up with maybe 17 people that made it to the film. Um, and so you begin to tailor the message because we actually didn't know to what extent trafficking was. We didn't mm. have all the knowledge or the understanding as we were making the film. And it was through the process of making the film that we began to really understand what human trafficking was, about what sex trafficking was. And so at the end of the film, we had a clear understanding that this was a huge problem. And so um, we were very happy with the film. The first film, it's all about uh, helping people understand what the problem is, that this is not something that's happening only in third world countries, that it is happening right here in the States, in Canada, in first world countries, in every neighborhood, in every uh, state, in every city. It's happening all across all social economic groups. It's not just the elites. It's not just the people living in poverty. It really is happening everywhere. And so through the first film, you begin to really grasp the concept of what, what's happening. And mm -hmm. so it also gives you very specific points about what you can do to get involved in the fight against human trafficking, practical ways of people, you know, what they can do in their home state, in their cities, in their own communities, uh, just practical ways of, of helping. And so I think that's uh, the first film. And of course, we touch on, you know, the issue. We, we get to hear a little bit about some of the survivors' stories, what they go through, uh, what some of the activists, leading activists, um, you know, in, in special uh, cities, uh, how they're leading this fight. And, and then at the end, of course, you, you're moved, you know, you want to help, you want to do something to end this horrific thing of human trafficking. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what one of the things that I really felt inspired by with your film, because a lot of times you can watch a documentary and it's just exposing a truth, but then you feel almost like helpless. Like, what do I do? What can I do about it? And um, yours really does give you these call to actions and, and just even everything else beyond that, right? Because then you really created a nonprofit after, is that yeah. correct? Can you tell me about that? Yeah. So we uh, created the nonprofit organization, Stopping Traffic. And what's great is it's, uh, we're following our own advice coming from the film, which is mm -hmm. getting involved. And so um, with the success of the film and a lot of people reaching out, like how do we get involved? And just working with so many survivors, we wanted to create uh, stopping traffic so this way we can directly help survivors directly help shelters um, especially because people are watching the film and they're like well who do we want to help who who are you working with and so to provide that support to provide um, educational scholarships or men, uh, medical. medical and dental support um, it's really awesome because we think like we can't really help them but you but you can there mm -hmm. there's little ways you can and so to be kind of that vessel and channel for others. Um, it's just their opportunity to also get involved. This episode is brought to you by Consent Parenting, my online platform for survivor parents to learn how to keep their kids safe from abuse. Did you know that children of survivor parents have a five times higher chance of being abused 
because survivor parents don't know or learn the tools needed to prevent abuse. They tend to overprotect instead of empower and prepare. You can change the statistics by becoming an educated parent. Get started by downloading my free guide, Seven Ways to Teach Your Kids About Body Safety, Boundaries, and Consent by going to aboutconsent.com forward slash guide. The link will be in the show notes to get your free copy today. Now let's get back to the show. That's amazing. That's amazing. And so, I mean, this has really become a bigger part of your life now than what you probably initially realized or intended. What, what I also find really interesting is when you talk about this issue, we start to realize that there's, there's so many uh, facets to it, right? There is like, first of all, awareness, uh, and then there's the potential for, for prevention, right? Through that education process. Um, but then also you start to realize like the impact, right? Okay. So there's awareness of the issue. There is prevention of the issue, but then there's also like an understanding of really the long-term effects of how this impacts, you know, the, the survivor, the family members of that survivor, anyone else who's involved, if they have children, you know, how does that impact the, the, the next generation? And then how, like for those who are able to get out, which statistically is such a sadly low number, um, what happens? Like, how do they become rehabilitated? How do they re-enter um, and and maintain that right? Sustain that uh, you know new life. And and is so kind of segueing into your next film. Can you can you now talk about what your next film is about? And is that you know looking at all of these different angles of it? Is is that what propelled you to decide to focus on the next film and what that talks about? Well, um, you made a great point because, um, you know, we focus so much on prevention, we focus so much on raising awareness, but once you actually dive deeper into the issue, you know, one thing that's awesome, you know, is rescuing the people in, in human trafficking or sex trafficking, and, you know, and we can celebrate, you know, by rescuing them and pulling them out of this terrible situation, but what happens next? You know, one thing is to break the chains off, you know, someone, but now they, they're going to have the, the chains of all the pain they've experienced, all the PTSD, the trauma, the, the physical pain, the mental, the emotional, right? And so, um, yeah, now they're free, but now what to do next? How can they actually heal from that experience? And so, yes, the next film dives into that uh, side of of this dimension of human trafficking and sex trafficking, we want to share with the world the, the in-depth stories of what happens post-sex trafficking. So this way people get to hear from the survivors themselves, you know, what are some of their challenges? What are their struggles? Um, can they heal from this? horrific pain? Is it possible? Um, and then at the same time, you know, to inspire people to get involved even more because of that reason, right? We, um, it's not a 30-day program. It's not a one-year program to help survivors. They might need lifelong support to heal from such a, a big event in their lives. And so that is the, um, I think the main message from the film is sharing that pain with the world and inspiring others to want to help even more survivors post-trafficking. Uh, mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Because I, I think when we think about someone coming out, you know, I think the the probably default 
thought is that, oh, they got out, you know, now they're going to be able to live life. But especially if they've been in it for a really long time. And unfortunately for some, it has been like a lifelong issue. I mean, I know of some cases where the children are literally raised in that lifestyle and then, and they don't know that it's wrong or they don't, you know, understand that, you know, that they can get out or they have options. And then to now change into this completely different life and, and really reintegrate, right. And to be able to heal and find themselves like absolutely can be a lifelong journey with the right support, you know, can be a lot easier, but if they don't have the support, you know, it's so easy to fall back into it because that's all they've known. But on the other hand, I mean, I know most people would say, well, that's not the common, you know, typical experience, but nevertheless, even if it's happening in your adolescence, right, those are very formative years that can be really confusing um, of what's going on. And then the layers of, you know, self-imposed shame that they think, you know, they're unworthy and all of these terrible um, scars really that get uh, created from that. But if we don't give them the right support, right? Like what happens as they get older, are they going to perpetuate that violence in some other way? I think that that part of the healing process is so necessary for people to have the right support. And for anyone who's listening, who is, who is a survivor, obviously can understand that it, it can be much easier if we have a support system versus like trying to do this on your own or never talking about it and not, you know, um, getting any kind of resources to figure out, you know, like, I think that's just amazing. And so it, I'm assuming that that's part of what your foundation does, right? Your, your organization helps uh, those, those survivors and figure out, you know, how can we support these, these people as best as possible? Right. It's about empowering them, you know, and giving them some opportunities to be able to go to school, to be able to heal, you know, their bodies, if they have some kind of, um, you know, issue with that um, mental health with their teeth and things like that. So yeah, um, just things that seem so simple to us. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, we met a survivor in Ethiopia and uh, a man had, um, punched her and she lost um, a lot of her teeth so she couldn't even smile anymore she had lost hope to even find love because of that mm. so she was so insecure and we were able to mm. fundraise for her and and it changed her life it, she has now teeth she has a smile and just a smile alone can change someone's life and so, I can it's it's yeah. amazing like that's <laughs> yes. that's amazing yeah. well it, and it's so true because if we think about you know where like this is where we communicate from this is our you know forward facing like the amount of confidence that that can help provide someone, you know, just to be able to speak and not feel like you're being, you know, criticized or like, there's so many things. I think that's amazing. So I, you know, cheers to the work that you're doing with your foundation. You. Um, now with the second film, you are, you did some fundraising that went really well and you were able to meet your goal, right? So congratulations for that. So what is the next phase now? Like, when is that film going to be coming out? What can we expect next? Well, we're wrapping up with um, with editing now. And so with that, um, we are going to start submitting our film to the film festivals. So Sundance, Toronto, and, and the major film festivals. So this way it can start getting out there. And then eventually um, in 2022, I think it's going to be around the fall time, then we'll be releasing it to the public. So 
Um, it's hard for us because it's like, okay, we want to make the film and then get it out there. But then there's this process to uh, make that happen. But um, from the few people that have seen it, um, different consultants, they're, they're really impressed uh, with where we're going and what's happening in the message. And um, uh, something Lana Wilson said, she said, you know, it, it, we established um, such deep trust with the survivors. And she was asking like, well, how did you get them to share so many things. It's like, well, you have to be there. You have to listen deeply. You have to, you know, tell them like you're, you're not judging them. You're there for them and you're with them on this journey. And so, um, you know, the, the survivors we've interviewed, we've become family. And so it's really an honor to be a part of their journey and sharing their story. And, um, you know, she, she even asked like the, the way we presented the film, it's non-exploitative. So, uh, because that's really important because, you know, with the media and so forth, they just want to go for those questions and they want to get those answers or whatever. But uh, the way we present it is, is in an honest way, but with, you know, trust and love and non-judgment. Yeah. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I was going to say it, it is quite a responsibility to uh, share someone else's story responsibly. Mm -hmm. Um and I think I just said that twice responsibility, but to share it with integrity, right? To, to honor their story and how it is told um, because it isn't just, you know, something that you're going to throw around. Like this is someone's life that, you know, these things that they experienced really caused them harm. And, you know, it's important to, to be the kind of storyteller that honors the person, you know, above all. And I think that you did that really well with the first one. So I have no doubt that you've, you know, you've continued to do that with the second one. Um, so are you saying like maybe, maybe 2022 is when we'll finally be able to, to watch it? Yes. Maybe you might get a special preview. So, okay. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, I know that it's going to be quality based on the first one and, you know, knowing how much care you put into your work. So I'm really excited for that. Um, and are you, you know, you're obviously continuing to fundraise, right? Because you have an organization. And uh, so tell us about how people can help continue to support the work that you're doing beyond the film and, you know, uh, how else, is there any other way that you're seeking support, like in terms of donations, either monetary or otherwise, um, or, you know, volunteers, how can people work with you if they want to help your cause? Thank you for asking that question. Um, and of course, if people would like to support our work, um, they can go to stoppingtraffic.org. And um, there you will find the different options that you have to be involved in our uh, cause, in our projects and our movement. And of course, they can help directly to support the survivors. Um, we help to build websites for those survivor leaders that want to you know, create a platform. So we're building websites for them. We are directly supporting shelters financially. So your donation will come back to, to specifically support those shelters, mm -hmm. as well as the survivors with educational scholarships or to help them with medical treatment. So everything 100% comes into to, uh, comes through donations will go back to helping the survivors and the shelters. Um, as you may know, we are both monks. We do not get paid to do our work. This is our life uh, work and we are fully devoted to, you know, 
entirely serving others and so we do not take anything for ourselves so anybody supporting stopping traffic um is you know it's all going back and even through the film sales um the sales come back to again to supporting those specific um projects that's incredible and one of the things i want to point out too a lot of people don't realize is that shelters definitely need a lot of support because um you know that there's a you know again that rescue process happens and then you know maybe they have one to two to three months at the most to be able to stay somewhere but if they haven't gotten work and a place to live and really gotten on their feet their only option is to go back out into the street and you know if, if if they don't have family or if their family won't take them back in or you know there's there's so many ways that they might not have support and unless the shelters get that additional funding either for more beds or for longer stays these you know survivors are vulnerable to to being back out on the street and vulnerable to predators again right and so i think it's so important for anyone you know that wants to contribute to your organization that they know it is going to be going to those um you know specific kinds of places thank you yes and the places that we are directly supporting we've been to those shelters we have seen firsthand how they are supporting the survivors and the incredible work that they're doing to support mm. them so um it's not like we're just picking random places we've actually been there we have seen the success of their work and that's what we've chosen to to continue to support them that's great that's great to know yeah so you vetted them that's awesome you know, we, we talk about rescues and we might see the news like um, 50 kids, 100 kids or like so many, like hundreds of kids are, are rescued. But if we look at what's happening just even in the United States, there's not even like more than a thousand beds um, mm -hmm. to help the children and to help young adults. But we have these huge numbers for, for rescues. So, um, you know, paying more attention to supporting the shelters. Um, you know, legislation is important. There's there's so many things. You know, uh, but we do need to focus on direct services. This way, they get the therapy. They have a safe place to go to. They they have the nutritious food. They can get um, you know start working on themselves, start healing on themselves, um, and possibly get training or uh, learn skills. So this way, they can. Uh, become stable, get a job, learn how to be financially independent. Um, but again, it doesn't happen in a couple of weeks and sending, um, you know, people to a domestic shelter, it, it's not enough or a homeless shelter, it's not enough. So we need to put a lot of attention in supporting the shelters. Agreed, agreed, 100%. And it, I mean, it's already a small number that actually make it out. And so to, to be able to at least give as much support as possible. I mean, there's just uh, this this issue. I think one of the reasons I love that you're doing this, the second film is, you know, first of all, because it will bring awareness again to the first film, which I think is fantastic. And anyone who's listening, please check out the film. You can purchase uh, to rent it or to buy it. Um, and I think all the links are on your website, right? Um, so that is really important as the first step, really educate yourself and become aware of really the scope, the magnitude of this problem, because people even today in 2021 are still misinformed. I think a lot of people also felt like there was this huge conspiracy theory and it got overblown. But the truth is, it's actually a really huge issue. And, you know, we need to keep talking about it beyond just January. January, for anyone who doesn't know, is, you know, Human Trafficking Awareness Month. But we need to talk about this year round because it's a year round issue. And so, you know, watching the first film, 
you know, is great because that also helps, you know, again, like you said, that money keeps going back in to help. Um, but then the second film really sheds light on like, how can we support the people who do get out? Because it's that's also not talked about enough and people don't realize that's a huge issue too. Like the re-entry back into trafficking is high because there isn't enough support. So I love that your, you know, second film really focuses on that. Is there anything else that, you know, you'd like to share that maybe I didn't ask? Because I want to make sure we cover, you know, and you you can uh, use this platform to talk about, you know, what else can people do or how else can people um, connect with you, you know, to, to support what you're doing? Well, one thing I do want to say is I want to really appreciate the work that you are doing because <laughs> it you. is incredibly important. Uh, people maybe do not know that a lot of the victims of trafficking, it happens to them because of child sexual abuse. So I think it's 70 to 90% of the victims, um, they say that they were sexually abused as children. Mm -hmm. And so what you are doing is important, incredibly important, because if we can avoid this um, abuse that happens early in childhood, you know, we could potentially be saving lives in the future. And so um, I really admire and respect what you are doing. I love everything that you Thank put you. out on social media. Um, I think it's, it's equally relevant and important as the work that we are doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, you know, I do want to state you're, you're absolutely right. A lot of people don't realize that pipeline, you know, and, and predators, you know, traffickers actually look for uh, children that have been abused because yes. they are a much easier target to re-victimize. So I'm glad that you pointed that out. And it's it definitely one of the reasons why I do this work, because I know that it's, you know, um, a, a a child abuse survivor is so much more likely to be re-victimized, whether it's through trafficking or just, you know, any other kind of, um, you know, domestic violence, you know, if they get into the wrong relationship, um, whether it's bullying at school, uh, you know, there's just violence, you know, kind of compounds on these young people and it's just unfortunate. And so if we can find ways to prevent it from the start, you know, that's definitely going to be one of the ways that we can really hit this issue. Um, because, you know, some people feel like they are powerless or it seems like too big of an issue to deal with and somebody else is dealing with it. But I think we can all take action, whether that's in our home, um, learning about the signs of trafficking. You know, I took a course uh, last year, um, I think it was through the Safe House Project. Uh, they have a program called On Watch. It's a free training that you can take to learn about the signs, of, you know, to become aware of what do you look for? How can you spot those signs? You know, trafficking today can also just happen with your child being at home. Somebody, you know, whether it's a family member, um, a sibling even, that is then, you know, abusing them and filming it and then selling that footage. That's trafficking too. So there's so many ways that this can happen. And educating and empowering our kids is, you know, one of the ways that we can absolutely take action. But then there's also other ways. If, if you don't have the time or the energy to do it, you can contribute, you can donate, you know, even if it's, you know, $10 a month, you know, that is going into that to help somebody that is making a big difference. So, you know, again, I'm just really honored to have you here, you know, to talk about this, because we're both on a very similar mission, you know, to just end the violence, really, you know, and that's really what it comes down to. 
So thank you both so much. Um, so I'm going to, of course, put the links to your website and, uh, you know, to your films. And I, I'm just so excited. I can't wait to see the next one um, and, and see all the hard work because you've been in production with this now for almost two years for two the years. second one. Two years, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I know how much work that takes and to finally be able to see, you know, the work come to fruition. Um, and, and I, you know, want to encourage everyone who does watch it, whether that, you know, you're listening to this two years from now, um, that you, you know, take the time to take some action, to contribute in some way to help solve this problem, because I think it's absolutely doable. We can all do something about it to end this violence. So thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you, Rosalia. Thank you, thank you so you. much for everything. All right, listeners, if you found this of value, if you have takeaways, if you're gonna take some action, please screenshot this and tag us, share it in your stories on Instagram and let us know what was your takeaway? What action are you gonna take? You know, Be a champion, share this with others, let people know this is an issue we need to continue talking about until it gets solved. So if you're an action taker, please share it with us. We wanna celebrate you and thank you for also sharing this out. And until next time, stay empowered listeners. We'll talk to you another on another episode. Bye-bye. Don't miss the next episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And I would be so grateful if you took one minute to post a five-star rating and reviews on iTunes so that others can also find this information. I will be shouting you out and thanking you on the next episode. If you found this useful, be sure to share it with others as well. Let's continue to create consent culture, one conversation at a time. Stay empowered.